Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to Ben Squared, an Invesco podcast aiming to update you on the major market stories and events in just 10 minutes. I'm Ben Gutteridge, your resident host who puts the me in media, and I'm joined by Ben Jones, our resident guest, who puts the expert in investment expert. And uh, both of us reside within Invesco's multi-asset strategies division. Now, in today's episode, we want to discuss the second half outlook for the major bond and currency markets. But before we do that, please note this recording is intended for UK professional investors only, should not be considered as investment advice, and that any capital invested is always capital at risk. And finally, do hang on after the conversation is concluded to hear some additional important disclaimers. Okay, Ben, about to bring you in here. But before we do, can I just check you can hear me okay as I'm sort worried the gamma rays being emitted from my outrageous tan is disrupting the wi-fi i can hear you very well ben but i am a little bit jealous um, just hearing about your wonderful holiday but it, it to be honest it is good to hear that you are rested refreshed <laughs> full of energy and, and ready to crack on and your first meeting back from holiday is recording this podcast yeah, I know. Well, I've missed it. I've missed it dearly, Ben and you. And I do love these conversations and I'd love to talk more on it. But we are up against it time wise. And so we'll immediately turn to the bond market. And uh, what I would say, even on holiday, having a glance at the news, it would appear that the, the narrative is building that inflation is looking a little more under control. I mean, does that mean, Ben, that uh, we've got imminent rate cuts upon us and that bond yields are going to start moving lower? Um, I don't think so. No, I'm going to push back a little bit on that, actually. Um, but you're right. I think there is that narrative that sort of the, the war has been won on inflation. And I think we've got to be honest, inflation has come down quite quickly in 2023. But I think really the, the best of the inflation story, in the US at least, is probably behind us. And I'm starting to see some signs that actually that inflation profile is starting to flatten out somewhat. Um, largely, a lot of that's actually to do with oil prices starting to, to creep higher over recent months and gasoline prices are creeping higher. I certainly noticed as I pulled into the office here this morning that the petrol station outside, um, fuel prices have ticked higher again um, there. So there's some inflation pressure coming through from the commodity side more recently. Um, we've also had um, potentially sport potentially going to get some upward pressure on um, food prices coming through. The grain deal has expired with Russia. Um, India's put constraints on rice um, exports um, as well. So actually, I think going forward, we're going to see some curveballs being thrown from, from inflation. And I think actually the US is probably where we're going to see some of those shocks coming through. So look, I think we are close to the, the end of the hiking cycle um, broadly um, across many places. But I don't think that we're going to start to see yields coming um, lower um, significantly um, any time time soon. So perhaps a, a range bound uh, summation there for, for yields. What about uh, the UK bond market? Obviously, most of our listeners will be uh, particularly acute to that story. And it does appear as though like inflation in the UK is one of the markets where it is the least under control, even though perhaps it was a slightly more positive move at the last uh, print. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what is, is there a unique story for, for UK yields relative to international markets? Yeah, it's a good question. And actually, I think, again, this is where I, I think some of the narrative around the UK, I think, is, is starting to to shift. And um, where I think if you are playing in the bond market, actually, the, the better way to do that is to be very much selective in the markets that you're you're taking positions in rather than to sit here and say, I think bond yields are going up or down globally. I think there's actually a lot more nuance within the market. Now, you're right, the UK inflation is still very, very elevated. We did get a slightly better print um, in, the, uh, in the last term. Um, 
uh, the last print. And we've got the Bank of England later today as, as well as record that. So we'll get some more indication of how they're thinking about the market. Now, the UK is one where I think actually that inflation is going to come down um, really uh, quite quickly. If you look at things like the PPI measures, for example, they're falling very rapidly. It's also the market where I think we are probably more likely to head into a deeper recession and where actually there is going to then need to be a reaction from the central bank to, to cut rates quite rapidly. So um, I think uh, I'm not quite ready to do it just yet to jump into into gilt, but I think it is looking increasingly like that will be the place where the yields are going to come down most quickly and probably the place where actually you're going to see the first central bank to cut, even though perhaps they're going to be the last one to, to hike um, as well, whereas perhaps the ECB and the bank and the Fed, sorry, stay on pause for a little bit longer. So, yeah, a gilt um, starting to look at a little bit more closely. I, I do think they're going to be an, an attraction. And if you had to say buy them today and come back in three, four years time, then yes, fair enough. Um, if I had to buy them today and come back in three months or six months, that's a slightly um, different question. I'd be a lot more nervous about that. But yeah, looking at the UK gilt market um, in a lot more attractive fashion today. Okay, just to sort of qualify that, because I think this is really something that people have a great interest in as investors and I guess to a degree like mortgage uh, mortgage borrowers, <laughs> that, that relationship between PPI and CPI, you're seeing something in, in PPI that, that would encourage you to think inflation is coming lower? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, PPI, the last year on year print is actually in negative um, territory um, now. And there tends to be sort of a roughly three month lag. I mean, you can never put exact lags and leads on this, but roughly sort of three months. And that, because that's coming down so sharply, um, certainly I think that CPI is ultimately going to follow in the UK. OK, right. We'll flip to another bond market now, uh, JGBs, uh, mm-hmm. Jap- Japanese government bonds. We've had some policy changes there, haven't we, that um, isn't such... Uh, like a helpful environment for Japanese government bond holders. Yeah, absolutely no. And, and look at the um, at the margins. So if you look across the inflation uh, sort of um, spectrum, actually Japan is the place where inflation pressures are probably greatest. Certainly in the sort of momentum of inflation compared to places like the US, the UK, Europe, for example. So I mean, really odd to say that that the, the greatest inflation pressure is in Japan. Um, who would have thought that after the last sort of yeah, quite. 20, 30, 40 years of experience? Um, now, yeah, last week there was some tweaks to um, policy there. I think it was tweaks at the margin, but it shows the sort of direction of travel. Uh, and for me, I think, yes, JGB yields will be moving higher. So that obviously means that we probably should be having a, a short JGB's um, uh, view on. I think uh, so yields will, will gradually move higher in uh, in JGB. So that's, again, sort of cut gets me back to this whole point that I think the best way to play the bond market at the moment is the same way that I think is the best way to play the equity market at the moment. It's RVs as opposed to taking some broad global view and going, this is the way that yields are going to be moving. RV, relative value trades, so playing one off e- against another. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so what about, uh, before we flip to currencies then, what about emerging market debt? You know, perhaps some might wince because it's not one homogenous asset class, but uh, what can you say sort of at a high level about uh, about the appeal or, or merits mm. of emerging market debt? Yeah, absolutely. It's not one homogenous asset class, as you say, but it is one where actually I think there's probably more opportunities in the bond space at the moment. In a lot of markets, there are some really attractive real yields here. Um, we've got to remember as well that emerging markets were one of the first into the hiking cycle, and they are now the first market out of that hiking cycle. We've already seen Brazil cutting rates, for example, 
Um, so, no, I'm seeing a lot of opportunities in the emerging market debt space, uh, Brazil, Mexico, South Africa, for example, look interesting to, to me right now. So I think that's a pretty um, fertile hunting ground today. OK, thanks, Ben. We'll move away from the bond markets now and turn to currencies. And rather than me come up with uh, a long, articulate question, I'm just going to throw the currencies at you instead and you can share your views. So let's begin with the dollar. Uh, yeah, so look, um, I think my bias would be to see some upside in the dollar um, for the rest of this year. Um, the, you do have seen some weakness over the beginning part of this year, and that's pretty typical when you get close to the, the peak in the, in the hiking cycle, that you get a bit of a pullback. But then typically what you see is that the dollar will then rally uh, when the uh, rate cutting cycle starts. And if we are starting to see fears of recession building up, then that's tends to be something that is more favorable of the dollar. Um, but to be honest with you, we're not really taking any strong views on the dollar right now. It's more in those sort of off-dollar um, crosses where we see the greatest value today. Okay, what about the euro? Um, again, uh, one where we're not taking really strong views at the moment. Data has been quite disappointing in Europe um, over the course of this year, but actually the euro has held up reasonably well, which in a lot of ways has been somewhat of a, um, of a surprise. Um, again, sort of towards the end of, through the back end of this year, I think that the euro probably weakens um, against the, um, against the, the dollar, um, but again, not the, the strongest view right now. OK, and what about sterling? I mean, I sort of suspect from your earlier comments there might be a weakening story at some stage for, for, for the pound. That's right. That's where I do have uh, more confidence. And I think, um, again, sort of over the more medium term, certainly over a two to three year view, that's where I would have greater confidence that we are likely to see um, a weaker um, currency um, coming through. And again, that's because I expect to see the growth backdrop in the UK weakening more quickly than anywhere else and probably the policy adjustment coming through more aggressively than um, other places. So, um, yes, I think that sterling weakens from here. OK, what about we'll close out then with uh, the emerging markets, specifically the Chinese RMB. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so obviously a currency where we have seen uh, quite a bit of weakness over the course of this year, and that's been on a lot of the sort of growth disappointment. More recently, um, and literally in the last week or so, um, on the back of the Politburo, we have seen some more policy action there to, designed to stimulate better growth in China. I don't think that is going to change the, the path of Renminbi, and I still think that that will be moving um, lower over the course of this year. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be playing that against the, the dollar as the, as the core um, idea. I think actually there's better value to be playing that against something like um, Thai bar or Indian rupee, for example, Thai bar, because I think it does better on the travel story. So Chinese tourists leaving China and going to Thailand, uh, for example, that I think is going to be a continued driver of, of Thai bar strength. Um, and then Indonesian rupee, largely because it isn't um, China. Um, actually, India has done really well this year. Uh, it's got long-term demographic um, uh, strength. Um, the policy in, in India is pretty strong as well. There's lots of infrastructure spending going on. It's a beneficiary of this reshoring or friendshoring um, type um, type behaviour that's taking place at the moment. So, um, and I think um, there's still room for that currency to continue to, to move higher. So, those were the two that I would be playing at the moment against um, Renminbi. Okay, brilliant. Well, uh, we'll we'll call time there, Ben. As always, 
really good to talk to you specifically after this, particularly after this little break I've had. Uh, and I appreciate some of those views that we will come back and explore uh, in future podcasts. Now for next time, in a couple of weeks time, I thought we might discuss Q2 earnings, barring uh, uh, some other major incident that disrupts, uh, disrupts plays. You think that's a decent idea, Ben? I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, look, there's some really good stories coming out of Q2 um, earnings season. Um, certainly a, a lot to uh, to talk about, I think. And I think it's, it's definitely going to be key for not just the level of equities, but certainly the um, the relative value trade within equities. There's, there's quite a lot of dispersion in some of those stories that we can jump into. OK, great. Well, we'll do that then uh, as, as plan A. But to our listeners, uh, before you go, we do have some important disclaimers to alert you to. We want to remind you that the value of investments and any income will fluctuate. This may partly be the result of exchange rate fluctuations and investors may not get back the full amount invested. This podcast is intended for UK professional clients only and is not for consumer use. Views and opinions are based on current market conditions and are subject to change. This is marketing material and not financial advice. It is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any particular asset class, security or strategy. Regulatory regulatory requirements that require impartiality of investment or investment strategy recommendations are therefore not applicable, nor are any prohibitions to trade before publication issued by Invesco Asset Management Limited, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.